Yes, normal voice. Here we are doing a podcast. Yeah, imagine doing a podcast and just like it. Uh, all an Australian voice. You just did it all the way through for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine that, Sean. <laughs> Somehow the fucking cat's at the back. <laughs> I thought that Matt Stocks was from England. No, no, no. He just said he's moved from Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham, Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 33. Woo! Cheers, Rick Flair. Of Sapnin <laughs> Podcast with Sean Smith and my good friend Rick Flair. It's me, Morgan Richards. Ah, <laughs> um, boo. boo. I was hoping I could do that thing where you will something into uh, existence. Oh, you know, right. You just thought I'd magically it. turn into 16-time World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair? Yes. No, sadly not. <laughs> no, I um, don't. I'm not styling and profiling, but I am here. So here we go. Episode 33. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know what's going on. Yes, episode 33 is happening. And our guest this week is the multi-talented rock, UK rock journalist, DJ, podcaster. Journalist. I said journalist. Uh, all around party animal. That is Mr. Matt Stocks. Yes. What a lovely chap. Very lovely. He invited us down to his humble abode in London. Yes. Brand um, new. Brand new. Literally, we were the first people to be in his house on the same time he entered the house. For the first time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be talking all about that. Yeah. And some things and giving an insight into his life, the music industry, the world of journalism, which I'm excited for a lot of people yep. to hear about. Uh, um, his near-death experience. Yes. Nearly died. Yeah. And, yeah. And how he's worked with people like the likes of Krang, Team Rock Radio, Scuzz, all of those, and partying with some crazy bands on the road with Steel Panther and Zebrahead. Not that. So, yeah. They have everything. And he's doing the Fireball Tour now, coming up soon as well. So, yeah, he is. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, we had a good chat with, uh, with Matt and. Um, yeah, it was a good day out. We did it a while back in, in the London. We went to the big smoke, as they call it, for some reason. I don't mm. know why. And, uh, yeah, we had a good day. So thank you very much to Matt for doing it. And, um, yeah, at some point we spoke about me going on his podcast, Life in the Stocks. So Yeah, well, I haven't been invited on this podcast yet. I don't know why. But well, you're not really interested. Oh, that's probably for the best, then. You're only 23, you knew. 
Yeah. Nobody likes you when you're 23. True. At least you said it, not me. But yeah. no, I'm excited <laughs> to have him on. It's a real uh, opening and long conversation about all those uh, things we stated. But again, I'm excited for everyone to hear the side of journalism that's not that great. Pushing well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pushing journalism. Yes. <laughs> um, no, it's good to have somebody that's not um, just a, in a band or a musician, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of different aspects. So uh, I think it'll be interesting for everyone involved. Cool. Cool. But of course, if you when this is out... If you're listening to it the weekend that this is being released, then we're actually going to be at 2000 Trees Festival. Yes, this comes out Friday, 12th of July. It does. We will be there from Thursday, 11th of July to Saturday, 13th of July. I had to do quick maths. Quick maths. While looking at Sean then. Yeah, Um, which is tough. Yeah, so you're either listening to this at 2000 Trees, on the way to 2000 Trees, after 2000 Trees with a hangover. Wait a second. If you're listening to this at 2000 Trees, what the hell are you doing? There are fans on that deserve your time. Ah, the Sapping Podcast drinking game. Ah, let's get wrecked! <laughs> get wrecked! Or you just didn't go to 2000 Trees at all and you're quite sad about it. Yes. And if you are sad about it, we've got a little secret to tell you. Are we allowed to be. Well, sick? why not? What are you going to do? Sue us? Well, po- yeah, possibly. Probably. Po- yeah, poss- no, don't say probably because oh. then they'll be like, oh, uh, they're expecting. Possibly. They possibly. Might. Um,. Go on, what were you going to say? I was going to say, if you've missed out on going to the festival this year, then next year's tickets from... Sunday the 14th? Of... July. So <laughs> two days from this this coming out on the Friday. Yeah, you can get 20% off all tickets for next year's event. Oh, we meant to be revealing that oh. in this episode. Well, it doesn't matter, because we've said it now, and I'm going to leave her in. Tidy. All right, cool. Yeah, so 14th of July... Check out 2000treesfestival.co.uk and uh, yeah, 20% off next year's tickets already. Tidy yeah, 2000 Trees 2020. Woo! Ooh. Sounds like they're running for president. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but of course, if you are listening to this at 2000 Trees, come and find us because I'll be eating ice cream and high-fiving everyone in the mosh We're going to so. have an intervention. <laughs> but anyway, while you're checking things out, the best thing to do is go and check out our Patreon page, nice. which is patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Yes. Sean, why should they go and do that? Um, because if you've enjoyed any of the absolute bollocks or nonsense that we've spouted so far over the past 33 hours, and um, yeah, you've enjoyed any you want to support or help in any way you can make this carry on, yeah, please think about checking out patreon.com forward slash sapnin and... Yeah, helping out, supporting. Yes, and any of those lovely exclusive tiers and goodies gets you into the Sapning Podcast community group, which is a heap of laugh and people make friends and it's just great to see. So get involved. Uh, There's more than one laugh. You, yeah, there is There is one. Yeah. You forgot there's, the S of laughs. Then. There's, a, there's at least five a day, I reckon. Yeah, it's a major yeah. laugh. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. Um, well, yeah. anyway, but while you're doing that as well, go and check out our social media at Sapling Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Sean, how do you spell it? S A W P E N I N P O D at S A W P E N I N P O D. I'm glad you did that because, as you've probably seen on those social media accounts, I can't spell. Yes. So I'm working on that as well. So getting, apologies yeah. to Bob. Bob was furious. Well, <laughs> strangely, Bob. Oh, Bob was angry. Yeah, no way. I can. Yeah, I can imagine you having to deal with his anger. Yeah. Um, didn't help. So I'm. I'm sorry about that. Uh, sorry, about, but sorry. yeah, just, well, just get on the podcast. Well, come on, for yeah, God's well, sake. yeah. Fine. We've waffled for too long. Well, here's a lovely Matt Stocks. He's going to tell you everything about journalism and being a DJ. I'm breaking your back. Mental. Something. Something. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sapnin, boys! Yes! Yes! And as you can hear, this week's guest is the multifaceted. Ooh, know, big words, eh? Yeah. yeah, normally I go with tremendous or fantastic. Yeah. The multifaceted. You've been reading that dictionary I, I saw have, in your yeah. house tonight, yeah. yeah. The mighty Matt Stocks. Sapnin! Yay! <laughs> That's been my favourite part about the whole podcast. I've tuned into a few episodes oh, now, okay. and uh, the moment I've been looking forward to the most, other than seeing you and talking to you, mm. is the moment where you hit record and we all get to go. Sapnin! Yeah, so there we go. And it was yeah. every bit as good as I imagined. Oh, oh good. Well, that was the end yeah. of episode 24. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you next week for episode 25. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you? I'm um, doing good, mate. As you can see, uh, we should set the scene for your listeners. So today is the 2nd of May. Correct. Uh, when this goes out, it'll obviously be a future date. But as we stand in the present, in time now, it is the 2nd of May, and I am in my brand new flat. Yes. Uh, this is my first time in here, and I opened the door and arrived with you two in tow. Yes, you know. And no, it's lovely. No private moment for me no. to sort of take it in and go, oh, yeah, this is the place I'm now going to call home. We just it's came just in. podcast gear out. Mike's on. Um, the cleaning lady's cleaning as well. Yeah. Um, so she's around. So if you do hear some noise in the background, then that is what that is. But uh, yeah, I'm really good, dude. I'm excited for a new chapter in my life. I've been living out of suitcases yeah. and on couches at my ex-girlfriend's house, in my mum's house, in hostels. I've basically been living in other people's area and yeah. space for six years. I figured wow. it out. Wow. Um, wow. Which is kind time. of the last time we did this. Yes. Uh, Sean, very kind took the trip to Birmingham and uh, sat in right. on my penultimate live show on Kerrang Radio. Uh, and then a few days after that, I moved out of my flat in Mosley after Kerrang shut down. I'm sure we'll talk about all of that in a bit. And um, 
I haven't had my own bedroom anywhere since then. Mad. So I'm um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, you've got a lovely place. This is absolutely yeah, it is. Very stonking. Very nice, humble abode. So yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, humble, I, humble. I, I've been reading the dictionary as well, right? Yeah. It was a long, it was a long megabus up. See, yeah. um, <laughs> I know what I'll do. I'll read the dictionary. <laughs> right? I'll speak to Sean and sort the podcast out. Let's be silent and read dictionaries yeah. together. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Podcasts need good words, don't we? So. That's true. true. That's true. Anyway, back anyway, to, anyway, uh, yeah, back to back, guest. Yeah, the most important guest. Um, Do you know what I love? <laughs> Thesauruses. <They're laughs> oh. Do like a different word. Um, yeah, so series two of Life in the Stocks is uh, coming Yeah, that out. launched this week as well. It seems like it's all happening in one go. I'm going to tell you a story as well in a minute. It's not a very good one, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that you'll appreciate the angle that I'm coming from. But yeah, I just launched series two of my podcast. Nice. Um, I've just launched my Patreon page awesome. as well. I've been doing the show for two years without one of those. And loads of people have said to me, like, you need to just get on it and get it live and get yeah. it out there. But I've been biding my time, waiting in the shadows because... Um, as you know, I've been in the quote-unquote music industry. I use yeah. quotes loosely because it's a fucking mess. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Correct. As, as you both know. Right. Yeah, uh, I can agree with that. Trades. Yep. And, but what I've done in, over the last decade or so of doing what I do is I've kept everything. So I've kept every radio and audio interview that I've ever done. Yep. Oh, wow. I've kept the notes for every print article that I've ever had published. Um, and so I've got an archive dating back almost 10 years with, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of interviews. Oh, yeah. um, also, I'm a DJ, as uh, I'm sure you know yeah. as well. Your listeners might not, but um, yeah, I do that too, like live touring. Well, let's go through your list of jobs. Let's go right? through yeah. the list. Journalist, <laughs> DJ, podcaster, television presenter, model. Not model, oh. no. But then again, in today's world, all you really need to do to be a model is take a selfie of your face and share it on the internet. So model. So, yeah. Hashtag model. Sex you work, go, yeah. influencer. If you, put the hash- Influ- if you put the hashtag in, you are whatever yeah, the hashtag yeah, is. It's yeah. legit. Yeah. I did the, the most sexy I've ever got with my profession is I used to DJ in a strip club. Nice. Uh, that was when I started out on Kerrang. I worked there for eight months unpaid full time whilst I was sort of doing the internship, earning my stripes. As again, as I'm sure you'll know from your yeah. side of things, Morgan, they make you do in this here music industry like yeah you just work for free forever <laughs> yeah. and uh, but you get to say you work in the music yeah. industry and you're getting quote unquote experience so it'll be worth or it in the long run experience or exposure yeah oh yeah I mean any, anyone who ever yeah. tries to turn that on me now I'm like yeah thanks but no thanks yeah. but um, so I had to make some money somehow so I would DJ every Thursday night in a club called the Honey Club nice. in Solihull uh, which is where I've spent the last few years of my life living well, that's where I grew up and went to school and everything and yeah so I be there on the podium going don't forget guys you can change your pounds into tipping dollars come on down the front next on stage crystal, crystal. Oh. <laughs> she was a popular one she was a popular one you've obviously they been there been yeah. you've, seen you've got crystal champagne chardonnay yeah. So that was, a, that was a fun stint. But yeah, so I'm, as you say, a multifaceted man. Um, yes. I do many jobs and I've kept, as I said, the material from most of them over the years. So my Patreon page, if anybody wants to check out that, yeah. uh, they can do at patreon.com forward slash life in the stocks. And on there you'll find not just bonus podcasts, but also archive interviews, print articles, DJ mixes, um, all kinds of like experiential stuff as well. So nice. one of the things that I've offered the uh, listeners the opportunity to do is to sit in on an interview oh, sweet. after oh, okay. 12 months of patronage, because um, obviously you can't be handed 
handing out stuff like yeah, that willy-nilly. Yeah. But if people sign up to a specific tier, I think it's the top one, Thunderstruck. I named nice. all my tiers after ACDC songs as well. As you do. Um, and after 12 months on that tier, you can, yeah, you can see the list of who's coming up and go, oh, oh I'm a big fan of Sean Smith. I want to sit in on... And that's actually what Morgan did. He's been pledging for... <laughs> <laughs> yes! I knew it was the reason it was going somewhere. But let me tell you this story real quick. Yep. So, um... Because everything is changing at the moment, and because I'm in a period of transition, I wanted to get a tattoo. Um, my friend Max is a great tattoo artist. He operates in Birmingham in his studio called the Second City uh, Guitar, not Guitar, Tattoo Club, <laughs> I think it's called. Maybe there's some guitars in there as well. And, uh, guitar and Tattoo Club. I asked him, I was like, will you ink me up before I go? So I've got you know, a memory of, of Birmingham, because I've left there before, but this time I really feel like there's no going back. I'm 33, I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. I've had one go down in London before it didn't quite work out but this time around I'm a man on a mission so I wanted something that's going to give me purpose and direction and Game of Thrones are you Game of Thrones no, fans? Ne- never seen an episode okay, this story is going to go right over so, your head yeah. but in the latest episode everybody will have seen it by the time this goes out so. <laughs> will it? Twins. will it? Will it? Boy, spoiler us, alert I don't spoiler alert. shit for being the spoiler fella yeah, yeah carry on okay. we've said spoiler alert. alert if you watch Game of Thrones turn off now come back in five minutes go so in the most recent episode which won't be the most recent by the time this goes out I'm sure the series will have finished by the time this goes out but in the most recent one um, Arya who's been my favourite character since day one of the show has a very significant scene I won't even say what it is but there's a phrase that surrounds this character that's sort of been her catchphrase since I think season one Um, and it's a question that's posed to her when they say what do you say to the god of death she says in retort not today and having been through the accident that I went through a few years back Mm -hmm. and having been a man who has almost died I can relate to it on that level but also from a a depression point of view as well which I'm sure is something definitely you Sean can probably relate to from the last few years of you know you feel like your whole life's been taken away from you you go to dark places and so I'd like to apply it to that context as well so it's not only i don't want to die today but it's i don't want to feel this way today i'd also like to liken it to you know any sort of negative thoughts that are encroaching on one's life any sort of mean spirited two-faced people all of that my response to all of it is not today it's nice Um, Nice, on an even more basic level i'm desperately trying for the hundredth time to give up smoking yeah and so at the bottom of all those list of things that this tattoo represents to me is every time i feel an urge or a desire to spark up a fag i look down at my leg and I go not today. Nice. Oh, nice. So I just and so I got it done yesterday. So it's weeping a bit at the moment. Like so yeah, that's my new tattoo. My third in total. That's awesome. Okay. Um, little, little reminder, at least, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nice visual reminder, and it's you know it's symbolic of not just Game of Thrones, which is a great show, and I love that phrase. Yeah. But it also has for me multi-layed meaning. Oh yeah, definitely. Multifaceted. Well, I'm going to take that on now. I think I'm going <laughs> to I'm going right? to take on not today, even um, despite not watching them. Yeah. Um, and going back, you've just mentioned that you've recapped a lot of uh, all the notes and interviews you've ever done throughout your years. Was there actual reason behind that? Um, there must have been a lot to keep up with. I think I just always knew that one day, or I hoped that one day, it would be of some value. Okay. And I feel like if anybody is in this game starting out uh, not only is it good to just have um, but it's good to have for personal memories mm. and also for personal growth you know like say if you go back and read an article is it just writing you do or presenting everything so you'll know if you go back and see some of your work from three four five years yeah. ago you like to think you've improved and progressed since then and for me it's not like I just sit in my bedroom listening to years <laughs> of, of me interviewing people but it is helpful every now and again to delve back 
and go, wow, this is how far I've come. Yeah. yeah. To remind you. And same thing with, you know, if you're a songwriter, you got yeah, old well, demos, I, you I listen to the, them um, and go, oh my God. Yeah, I made the mistake of thinking that my band would last forever, see. So I didn't think I ever needed to collect any. Like my mother's got all the magazines and stuff we were in, but I just thought, oh, we would be doing this forever, man. I can just probably go to a shop and just pick up a shop and my band will be in there. Wrong! Wrong! So if the internet gets deleted now, I'm going to have no proof that I was in a band ever apart from if I go to my mother's house. And is, your memories, obviously. Yeah, You'd and, hope and they're my still memories. There. <laughs> that, um, but yeah, do you need... To, whatever you do, you know, if you have kids, and I know people now... I mean, I personally would like to keep my children, if I did, ever did have kids, off yeah. the internet. Uh, and I wouldn't want their face to be all over Instagram. But I would certainly want personal photos for personal mm, memories. Yeah. And I, I've always just been a very... What's the word? Nostalgic kind yeah. of a person. Well, maybe not nostalgic. What's the word when you romanticize and cherish the past? Perhaps it is nostalgic. Just a, ho- just a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Maybe. And I've always liked to keep a track and a diary of experiences, places I've been, people that I've That's met, cool. gigs that I've been to. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like anything from a gig ticket to, uh, you know, a box of matches from a restaurant that I enjoyed in Portugal once. Yeah, like nice. I've always just been a sucker for that. I guess I'm a hoarder, but I'm a selective <laughs> hoarder. It has to have, you know, a nice personal memory attached to it. It's not just, I really like fake flowers so i need every branch of flower yeah, there okay. is to complete the set no i can i can relate to that it was just i was a bit shocked to keep in all your notes because some of my notes can get extremely messy that i wouldn't want to look back on but um, well basically it's just one file is the notes one is the finished article okay and then it's just in different folders so you've got print audio mm. uh, and then by year and the other thing that helps is i'm super ocd so the organization of it all Fair. is very just so so if i want to go right i need an ugly kid joe interview from 2016 <laughs> i know exactly which folder to go and get that and at this point in time with the patreon page and the launching of that it's been a massive help because i can just go oh what do i feel like oh, sharing yeah, this got, week billy got, corgan radio 2015 boom there it is oh yeah you've got a crazy backup log i um yeah i strongly recommend that anybody listening to this checks out life in the stocks obviously check out the mass patreon page and stuff as well um yeah you mentioned your accident yes for the listeners how long um, you got that's the problem because <laughs> we could just talk for an hour yeah, about that's that true. Uh, i'll condense it down um, so Kerrang finishes it's over it still exists as a station but it's very much you know an online pulled back operation um, as you know Sean you came on the show several times and it was at that point in time based in Birmingham massive listening figures like 1.3 or 4 million a year I think at its peak uh, loads of awards great team of people yeah. you know everybody from Johnny Doom to Kate Lawler Alex Baker just a brilliant and I was 24 when I got that gig so I mean it does not get any better than being 24 years old on an evening show on a national radio station meeting the likes of Corey Taylor Hmm. slash Sean Smith on a daily (laughs) basis and I'm glad he went for the three biggest so so what you're saying is it had it ups and it had it downs as as all things in life it had two ups and one massive down (laughs) try and guess which they are some of my favourite on air memories with Sean actually we used to do like these um, DJ battle off style heats didn't we where we'd have a specific theme for each round and then you'd have to trump the other person's track choice Mm. Um, and so yeah I was in that bubble as you say you think it's going to last forever you don't think oh this is going to be taken away one day yeah so you're just in it and you're loving life and then uh one day we were called into work early everybody was for what i now know is bad news but at the time had no idea a strategic meeting was how it was presented to us Uh, um if you ever hear that now listeners that means that you're about to lose your job so (laughs) just quit in advance just you know resign before they have the chance to fire and so we were called in early and the big boss said basically 
um, we're hemorrhaging money, the funds aren't there, and we're closing the station. Half of you are going to lose your job. We're going online only, um, and everybody that does stay is going to take severe pay cuts, and that's that. And it was one of the worst days of my life. I think it was worse for a lot of other people in many ways because they were all family people. And they had mortgages and, you know, kids and real responsibilities. The one saving grace for me was that I was mid-20s, single. Yeah. All I had was my month in, you know, Mosley to pay the rest of the rent on. And then yeah. that, that was it. I was all good. But what it did also do to me is I wasn't, A, equipped mentally to deal with it. Everybody else just sort of brushed themselves off. Because I was the baby of the station. Everybody else was about the age I am now, early 30s. Yeah. So they were like, it's okay. We'll get another job in the media or we'll just go into a new career or at least I've got my wife, my kids, whatever. For me, I was like, fuck, not only is my job and my income gone, but my actual, my life is yeah. over. Because as you all know, right, when you work in the music industry and your whole life is the music industry, the minute you're no longer in the music industry, all these so-called friends and people that you would surround yourself with all the time, yeah. uh, you know, all the gigs that you'd go to, all the festivals, even just at weekends, like your whole life is basically the music industry. And yeah. then once you're not in it anymore, everyone's like, oh, oh, you know, it's a bit awkward, isn't it? Because do I invite him? And people, you really find out who your true friends are. Correct. And it's the most soul-destroying realization that a lot of these people are only friends with you because of what you can get them give them or the sort of status yeah. they can enjoy by being in close proximity to you and that's not me being arrogant saying no, that no, that's not um, that's, that's cool. the harsh reality that's, of it is yeah. fuck i want to hang out with sean smith because he's in a, a successful band and they're on the cover of kerrang and then oh sean smith's no longer in this successful band well what can he offer me yeah you know and mm. you see people for the real scum sucking fuckers that they are 100 oh, <laughs> percent. yeah <laughs> right Ooh, yeah and so that kick-started in me a month-long um period of severe and i mean severe dark depression where i decided i'm 27 the best years of my life are behind me i'm going to drink myself to death and i wanted to kill myself but i didn't have the courage to go with an all-out singular act hmm. so i just thought i'll do it slowly and depressingly and i was just wallowing in this just devastation yeah. that was my life and i'd go out in birmingham and people would be like you're the guy that used to be on kerrang oh brother talking about you and your like your own life in past tense and oh. you're like shit i'm a ghost in my own life yeah. like my life is actually over i thought it was but now i know yeah because i'm just this relic um before i'm even 30 so i was just drinking every day um with a like you know with a, a purpose behind it which was to hopefully end my life prematurely and uh then what happened at pretty much my lowest moment my great friends in uh, the band airborne and i'll never forget this act of kindness until the day i die they reached out to me and they were like we can see just from because they're on sort of you know social media and facebook and things like that and i just i keep in touch with a few people who i know you know people like yourself who are mates beyond the business and they were like look mate like fucking we can see that you're down on your fucking luck and you, you need to get back in the game so i fucking come on the road with us make a fucking like a documentary feature film and then you got that as your new fucking calling card and then you can just start making fucking movies like you're too good you, your talent can't go to waste yeah, and awesome. so they, they they didn't want a documentary they weren't at a point in their career where one was really necessary but they invited me on the road for their UK tour in 2013 paid me a set wage every day basically gave me all the footage um, you know said keep it do what you want with it and then we'll, the label will buy it off you at the end oh, wow. so there's like a nice 
nice chunk of money at the wow. end as well. That's incredible. Fucking what a band. Right? And that what is so rare, band. as yeah. you'll know. Oh, yeah, like, unbelievable. That is so rare. That loyalty and that generosity. Yeah. But then here's what happened. I finished the tour and just because I think I'd gone too far down the fucking dark rabbit hole by this point. The minute I was off that tour, I slipped straight back into depression mode. Mm. Even though I had this stuff, this like, this get out of jail free card, this second chance, the damage in my head was done. And I slipped straight back into old habits. And basically, I got drunk one night. Um, I was so broke, I didn't want to get a taxi home because I was in this bar till like five in the morning, just smashing booze. And I was like, I'm going to walk to the station. I'll climb over the fence, break in, sleep at the station, and then get the first train home. And I don't quite know what happened to this day because I was blackout drunk, but I basically woke up on the tracks. And I was like, how the fuck did I get here? And I'm on the train tracks. It's about sunrise. So I know that the station is, if not yet open, opening imminently. And I went to try and get up, obviously, because you want to get the fuck off the train tracks. (laughs) And I couldn't stand. And that's when I realized I'd landed in such a way, I'd later find out I'd fractured my spine in three places. So I couldn't, I couldn't stand. I couldn't get up. So I went to like push the weight all onto one of my arms to lift myself up that way. Snapped my wrist in doing that. So I'm there. I also had a broken sternum. I had five smashed ribs and I was just lying there in bits like my body was in tatters. Fucked. Just like crying for help thinking this is how I die. I'm going to get sawn in fucking half by a train wasted out my mind and that's going to be the end of me. Like what a depressing awful way to go. What a horrible thing for my family to have to go through. I felt like the biggest scumbag on earth in that moment because I knew although I'd wanted to die for so long the reality of actually the recklessness in which I was about to go out just broke my heart. And I said this on another podcast recently, and it is something I would say to anybody that ever feels those moments where they're like, I don't want to live anymore. Like I don't have the courage, the strength. Nobody would miss me if I'm gone. If you ever get to that place, you really need to think about the people in your life who do care about you. Remind yourself that you are loved and really be upfront with yourself and have that conversation with yourself where are you willing to deal? Well, not deal because you'll be gone, but are you willing to allow the people who care about you to feel the kind of pain that they're going to feel if you do take your yeah. own life? And that was really what refreshed my, my whole mindset at that point in time, already before I went through the you know months that followed of fucking, does he have surgery? Doesn't he? I ended up spending three months just flat on my back in bed whilst the bones recovered. And I should say, obviously, I finally got off the tracks. Uh, a guy who was opening the station heard my cries for help called the ambulance they came in with a stretcher got me off and so then i spent three months just in hospital whilst my bones healed naturally and in that time obviously you know that's a quarter of a year in bed i couldn't sit up every time i had to like take a shit i'd have to ring the bell the nurse would come so all ego goes out the window oh yeah all like earthly follies and concerns really does just become completely inconsequential and you really kind of wake up to how special and and beautiful and transient and fragile life is and if you have it you've got to use it you've got to make the most of it even if you're feeling the lowest of the low you've got to try and respect it for what it is and appreciate this gift of life that you've been given and use it as wisely as you can and to the best of your abilities just by trying to live a good life be a good person like give out love uh, have an open heart to receive love in return try and live without meanness look at me I'm going all fucking Jerry Springer but nice. these, <laughs> these, these were all the lessons that I learned and well, I know that yeah, you'll appreciate right. that whole oh, definitely that mindset of my life's over it's all gone like it does not get any worse than this what's the point what is the point and thankfully I had the hand of someone whether it be a power of something 
greater than us or just random fate or whatever but something stepped in at my lowest hour and was like you want to die do you well let's test that theory out yeah. and i found out i really didn't i was like i don't want to die this is too amazing i've got all these and you know i had so many friends come and visit me luckily it was over christmas time so everybody was off work and back so you know there's some days where i'd have like eight people around my bed felt so much love facebook was a great tool for that period as well like old girlfriends from years in the past would reach out and just be like look whatever happened between us it doesn't matter I'm really worried about you. I hope you're okay. And I reconnected with girls that, you know, I hadn't spoken to in years. Awesome. And we're still friends to this day. Because, you know, I wouldn't say that anybody should go and risk their life <laughs> yeah. to then appreciate the true meaning of it. But yeah. I was really lucky in that sense. But it was almost snatched from me to the point where I was just, you know, spiritually awoken or yeah. awakened. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. And was like, damn, all right. We're only here for fucking the time that we're here. Yeah. Let's, let's use it. Let's not waste it. Let's not disrespect it. Let's not throw it away. So then I moved to London straight off the back of that. As soon as I could walk again, I was like, Team Rock Radio, new gig, back in the zone. Was like, nothing's ever going to crush me like that ever again. Then I fell in love with a girl. And then oh, that had wow. a, not anything like as bad an impact, but the breakup that I went through two years ago almost now that crushed me and knocked me back for about a year but not in the same way to the point where I was like not wanting to live it just you know I was living in pain and with a broken yeah. heart for a long time because I thought that she was the one turns out she wasn't but then that's fine and I do find with all these struggles with all these like trials and tribulations that life throws at you you find out what you're made of and who you are and actually you really learn to respect the things in life that matter and the people that matter yeah. so that's where I'm at now so day one new flat on the Sapman yeah. podcast yeah. and You've life is really <laughs> fucking good it really is good but life is only as good as you yourself make it that's what I've I learned agree. I you've got to get yeah, out totally. there and get it done and make it happen I completely agree um, yeah like you said uh, after the band finished yeah I slipped into that dark place of um, yeah just feeling lost and kind of lonely and especially when I guess like you like you you were the voice of Kerrang Radio like I, I I guess I was the voice of f- long face of the blackout <laughs> and then you've like that gets taken away from you and you just oh okay then well maybe it was me because I was the face of it as well so I was like oh maybe it's my fault that we're no longer together so no I completely agree with you about going into like dark places and you've just you've got to find the light you've got to find the positive in things and yeah get keep family and friends around you because yeah if it wasn't for like my mm. girlfriend and my family I don't know where I'd have been like it was it was mad at the time but yeah we're, we're all good now and we're uh, we're moving forward and yeah 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 just, now, and you've got me in your life now which is the best thing that's well, ever happened to you because you've got this well, podcast so yeah you know yeah kind of Morg yeah no, no, you the, go back into that now. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen a new face just switch on Sean Smith there it's a shame this isn't visual ladies and gentlemen <laughs> honestly uh, to go back on that kind of path once again the podcast that I host and I'm sure I'm sure it's ignited in you two a newfound love for your craft hmm. and what you do and the music business actually as a whole because you can fall out of love really fast oh, yeah. with this industry because it can be cruel and unkind and just 
gross. Well, yeah, I reckon. But you also are in control of your relationship with it. And yeah. once I started my podcast, I was like, right, in four years, I'd lost my job on Kerrang, my job on Team Rock, um, my freelance work with Metal Hammer and Classic Rock and all of those magazines. Scuzz TV. I never got fired from any of them, but they all went out of business, every yeah. single one. Um, and then I was the resident DJ at this venue in London as well, the Brooklyn Bowl, and that closed down. And I was like, man, every company I work for just goes out of business. So the only solution is it's going to be a long, hard slog. But my only option now, unless I just go and work in a different industry altogether, which I'm not yet ready to do, is I need I need to set up my own company, set up my own thing, start trying to monetize it and build it. And it's going to take, and I've been doing mine for two and a bit years now. Yeah. And I'm barely, well, I've only just moved to London today because I can only just barely scrape rent. Yeah. A lot of people who are 33 are living at home with their mum to save up to buy a house. I'm saving up to move back to London to rent a flat yeah. at 33. And you feel like a failure because you look around at all your friends. But if you own something and it's yours, like what you two are doing with mm. this as well, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. No one can tell you what to do, what guests to have on. And because it is yours and you've worked for it, there's a sense of pride there. And I was listening to the podcast that you did. Uh, who was it with? Maybe it was the first episode where it was just you two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you were saying, since doing this podcast, I've got a band. Like I feel a new sense of vigor and oh, purpose yeah. about my life because it gets you plugged back into the industry in a positive way. Yeah. So you're not looking at it and going, oh, well, like four I missed that. It's like, shit, I'm back in it again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like four years ago, yeah, it was like a year after the band split up. I was like, I don't give a fuck about any bands. In my opinion, I've gone back and watched live videos of the blackouts. There wasn't many bands who were more entertaining than us. So I was just like, I don't, you know, I've seen it all. There's nobody who can do anything on stage anymore that I haven't seen or done myself. Um, so I was just bored of music. So I was like, I don't even care about new music. And then literally through doing this, we've met, like even, I spent so long away that when I came back and I was seeing friends in bands when we were doing the podcast, I was always going into them really nervous. Mm. Like, what do they, you know, do they give a shit? You know, whatever, like, do they even remember me? And yeah, it's been just so nice to seeing people again and seeing new bands and seeing their enthusiasm for it. That is literally, as you said, it's brought back the enthusiasm in me. And I, you know, I'm busting to play shows with my new band and do more of these and like even help even help younger bands out. Like um, I went to see Holding Absence with him in Cardiff, and it reminded me of the old days, like the funeral for a friend, kids in glass houses playing small shows in Cardiff days, and I was like this is awesome i've missed this yeah it's definitely reinvigorated my love for music and the live scene and seeing people again because i was just mm. i was just up for shutting myself off and just yeah and for me i don't think my love for music is dampered or anything but with doing this i've seen ah, you're others. 23 though mog yeah but i've seen it's how old you are yeah you've got your whole life ahead no, of you man. i know right it only gets worse enjoy it now <laughs> that's the thing um <laughs> Yeah, no, but it does it gets better, man. It does get better. <laughs> but doing no, but doing this, I've seen like another side of it where working for other publications, trying to be, you have to be a bit more professional and structure everything right, and the bands are can only say this and that but with this i feel like people are excited to come on and they're opening themselves up to have a laugh oh yeah yeah they're not even so yeah, like they're not even here to a lot of them don't even care about promoting that's i think that's what you find with most rock bands is the majority of them don't give a shit about promoting their stuff it's normally like the labels or the press people are like oh get this in or don't yeah, yeah. say this whereas all the bands we've spoken to have just been 
like, lovely yeah, and people who just, just want to chat and, and just bring up st- like little stories that for a lot of people might go over their head but for them is just hysterical yeah so yeah and, yeah we haven't had any tough guests yet on a podcast of you you will well it depends though because i imagine you're probably going to be in a, a friendship to some extent with most guests or yeah. not yeah um, well, we've yeah for the, for the so majority it's, they, been, it's, it's, it's me- been a mixture of people you or i have kind of known on some level yeah um a couple of bands that we we didn't know but we've been like we've had connections with and stuff like that so there's always been a, a common ground really. yeah we haven't had anybody we don't know at all kind of yet have we no we haven't that's where well, 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 yeah. will come have i met me yeah Mayday Parade was probably the only band we had met for, but they were nice. They yeah. were lovely, just lovely yeah. boys. So, um, yeah, have you had any awkward ones? I've had one that I didn't publish. It was so bad. <gasps> yeah. Um, Can you say who it is? Or? I will, yeah. I've said on another podcast right. who it was. Um, and sometimes people just don't understand the concept of a podcast. Yeah. Mm. Because people are so run through the mill of the PR machine, they expect any interview is going to be some kid with a list of questions, (laughs) reading off them. Question number one, what can you tell us about the new album? And then they give a set answer, which is yeah. a couple of sentences, and then they very Best point, album they pointedly ever done. finish the sentence and yeah. then await the next question. And sometimes you'll be there just giving them everything, working really hard to stimulate this conversation, yeah. boom, 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 and they'll just go, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one answer. Yeah, yeah. Just keep fighting, and then after a while you go, you know what, this ain't working out, let's go our separate ways. So, you know John Spencer? Yeah, John Spencer Blues, Blues Explosion. Explosion. Yeah, kick-ass rock and roll band. Still love the music. Still think he's a cool motherfucker on stage. Uh, and there was a tour which the Melvins were doing, and he was support in his new guys. It's still basically John Spencer Blues, um, but just without the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same kind of music. You know what I mean? Just less explosive. Yeah, it's a lot, lot less energetic. <laughs> well, it is, and he's an older guy now. You yeah. know, like in the nineties, he was this chaotic, and he was a very inspirational and influential figure. And without him, there wouldn't have been bands like the White Stripes. I don't yeah. think, like mm. you know, delving back into that old blues canon. Um, so he's a very respected dude in the music world, and his music's still, I think, great. Um, but he was on tour with the Melvins. I did this great interview with buzz well great podcast with buzz chatting freely loving it and then i went next door and it had all been set up and arranged went next door to chat to john and he was like i'm gonna go comic book shopping can we do it in an hour and i was like well yeah fine but we had arranged the time and i'm here so now i'm just gonna have to sit around for an hour whilst you go and buy comics and you're like a 50 year old guy I was like, you're not buying them for your kids. They're yeah. clearly for you. So I was like, fine, uh, I'll wait because I'm a professional. And for me, like, it's always worth going out of your way to get that interview, which might be the best one you've ever done. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. if it seems like it's a bit of an inconvenience, it's like I'm going to – I've done some interviews on the biggest hangover ever and not even – the thought, sorry, of cancelling has not even crossed my mind because I'm like, I have to get – you know, I'm not going to go and not speak to Doug Stanhope yeah. no matter oh, how I'm feeling. Lovely. I've been up all night partying and I went I bet he had as well he had he had (laughs) and it was actually the perfect uh, meeting of minds in that sense so I hang around for an hour he comes back and it's very clear within seconds that he just does not want to do this interview despite making me wait an hour and agreeing to do it in the first place and in that scenario it's not on the press people because his PR is a mate of mine and I know he's not one of those pushy PRs that's like you have to do this he chose to do it he agreed to do it and he made me wait an hour and then he just sits down and he's just looking at me like I'm a bag of shit and I was like dude like 
this is very, you know it's like if you go on a date this is the wrong kind of attitude to go into the situation <laughs> with and it was just awful and every topic I raised he would just be like ah, ah, and he was just a can- cantankerous miserable old git um, and it was meant to be an hour and after 20 minutes I said cool I think we've got enough there and then he looked all shocked and that's when the ego kicks in with some of yeah. these people what no but you wanted an hour I'm still going and I'm like you ain't going mate you never even started yeah. so and I said to his PR I was like look I'm really sorry but this just isn't going anywhere because it's that bad that people will actually listen to it and think negatively of him like they will now once they've heard this story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not shit talking the guy's a musician he's brilliant and he kicked ass on stage that night but for me it's just if you don't want to do it just say no I'm yeah. not forcing you you know I'm, I'm not for a company that has to deliver a certain amount of you know this this cover star has to be on this week this feature has to be in mm. as you said the podcast is such a loose free format there are no rules and that's why it's so great but if you don't want to do it just say no yeah don't oh, say yeah, oh yeah really. and then turn up and be an absolute cunt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about podcasting as well is the community itself um, and that's what I've come to love is having worked in quite a nasty industry where there's a lot of ego yeah. and there's you know not very many jobs so everybody's insecure and i get it and egos come into play and everybody's trying to cover their own tiny little island and look after what little they do have and as the more the industry i think continues the less and less jobs there are so people are getting more and more you know irate and insecure and anxious but with the podcast community you know i've been on in the last couple of weeks something like five podcasts oh nice and everybody's just like here's the door come on in it's open everybody's welcome and it's a proper community which the music industry isn't yeah. i don't care what anyone says i think we haven't got um we haven't got into the community re- really yet we're, well, we're, we're, still, we're too far away yeah, yeah. we're in wales yeah but we've just we're relatively still new aren't we oh, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're still finding our feet and stuff um but yeah we haven't yeah. but I you do you have the first podcast you do have a podcaster on the show now and yeah. you're going to be on mine yeah. after this yes so. and stew I, I know you're stew talking with to him, him. Yeah. the thing with stew is stew he interviews like a relentless machine like every day he's like just did a chat with so-and-so i'm like How, what's your back catalog uh, not your back catalog sorry like your your forward life, catalog. your forward catalogue. He's, pro- he's probably about eighty weeks ahead at any point. Yeah. Like he has so much material in the bank because he's constantly working and constantly on it. But you will get him. He's up for it. Awesome. And you should do one of these live events. That, um, that yeah, we we're yeah, we'd, yeah, yeah, we were going to talk about that. this after um, Morgan brought up on the bus about us. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to. Attack of the podcast too. I should say that as well. So if anybody yes. is interested um, in London on the 20th of July, which is a Saturday, I'm doing an all day podcast event uh, with myself. My guest is Pancho from Dirty Sanchez, yes. which is going to be interesting and hilarious. He's actually <laughs> on my show in uh, a week's time nice. as well. Um, and then after me, it's Chris and Stu. So Stu does two podcasts. He does off the beaten track on his own. And then he also does hardcore listing with his mate, yep. Chris. Uh, both of those are on the Distraction Pieces Network, curated by Scroobius Pip. Um, And then thirdly and finally, it's going to be Andy Ellis and Thomas Turgoose from This Is England, who also have their own podcast called Overrated Everything. So it's going to be those three podcasts back to back with short intervals in between. Um, Chris and Stu and Thomas and Andy have confirmed their guests, but they haven't announced them yet. So I don't want to jump the gun, Um, but we will be announcing them by the end of May. All the guests will be announced and tickets for that are on sale now. Nice. By a I'm also doing just a shameless (laughs) self-promotion now, getting into the same 
flails around. No, I love um, it. Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Yes. Nice. Lovely My man. Favorite bands of all time. He's a wonderful human being as well. Such a sharp mind. Yeah. Really interesting guy. And the reason I'm doing this is because really, I don't mind saying, I lost. The one podcast I've lost was his. We did this great chat uh, and the battery on my Zoom H4 recorder died right at the end. Now, usually when that happens, because it's happened before, it saves. Yeah. This time it didn't for whatever oh. reason. So I was like, damn. So I was like, Keith, I can't just go to him and say, do you want to do another podcast? Because he'll be like, well, what happens for the last one? So I was like, Keith, fancy a live Q&A? <laughs> bit of money, bit of money. Meet some, meet some people, bit of money. Nice. So he's like, yeah, we'll do it. So that's happening the week before on Sunday, the 14th of May. So they play 2,000 Trees yep. nice. every time I die on the Saturday night. We'll that. And then on the Sunday, Keith's going to trip over to London and we'll be doing um, there in the same venue, these two live events at the O2 Islington Academy. Uh, this one's an evening event though, so doors will be at seven. And yet the format of that is live interview with me and Keith for about 90 minutes, super yep. in-depth, cover the full breadth, not just his music, but his writing, everything. Uh, and then we'll do a short interval and then audience Q&A after so the fans get to ask him questions That's and then awesome. photos and signings and all of that at the nice. end. But they're good fun, man. We did loads of the Sanchez boys last year. Yep. We did about 13 in total with Pritchard and Dayton. Um, I did a great one in Birmingham with Jesse Leach. Did one in Manchester with Sean Ryder. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to do as many as possible because they're, they're a good little learner, but they're also a great way to build the podcast because somebody who's coming in as a fan of Keith Buckley might not necessarily be aware and often isn't aware of mm. my show. Yeah. But then hopefully you do a good job and afterwards they go, shit, I really like that. Yeah. I'm going to go check out what else this guy does. Yeah. And then they go, oh my God, here's 100 episodes of all kinds of stuff <laughs> yeah. comedians. And that's the thing yeah. you'll find as well is the more time goes on and the bigger your back catalogue, people who are discovering the show a year into its life are then going to just find this treasure trove and wealth of yeah. you know, well, we, episodes yeah, we, to dive back into. We've had a couple of people this week who've been like, oh, I've just listened to the first episode and now I've got to go back and listen to all 23. Yeah, like, yeah, they go back and find like all things or they've just discovered us and found their favourite artist did one seven weeks ago and then they've gone straight to that. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, mad. Yeah, and we're... Um, yeah, like you said, like we're trying to get. Um, you should do a live event in Wales. We've, we, yeah, do, we, do something. We, in, yeah. you know, we would like to. I, I, I'd really yeah, like that. The Can't guy who really like owns the tram shed has been in touch with us, MJR. Um, yeah, about doing a live show, but yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a Wins World Two situation. Like, will people come? If we book it, <laughs> will they go? Yeah, make sure you try, Sean. And, you know, start small. You know, just do like, say, a you know 50-cat room. Make it intimate. To be honest, I find those size events for Q&As are nicer anyway. We did one show in Newcastle uh, with Pritchard and Dayton, which was something like... 350 and that was one of the biggest we did if not the no in fact the the Cardiff show we did was the biggest that was 400 and I just put the live audio from that one up and that is just you know it's it's a very different show if you've got 50 people and they're listening quietly and attentively you can make it a lot more of a you know a a storytelling affair when you've got three to four hundred people in Cardiff on a Friday night or in Newcastle on a Friday night getting pissed up it becomes a very different beast yeah. and it's you know it's unruly but I actually do find the optimum number for me is between sort of 50 and 150 anything nice. over that it does get a bit crazy but mm. yeah dude just do an intimate show see how it goes Ooh. yeah no no we, yeah, it's we, definitely in the, for the plans in the yeah, future yeah, it's in the pipeline so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, uh, and yeah if you 
one in the future if you if you've got yeah, one for us like to come on yeah yeah, yeah we'd like have us yeah we'd be more than willing love it yeah. attack of the podcast too i love sequels <laughs> <laughs> who's been your individual favorite uh people to interview so far Ooh, for this? Ooh, oh, that's what i do um, well, they've all been lovely, well, haven't they? Really, we haven't had, as you said, we haven't had a bad. We haven't had a dick experience. No, yet. I'm waiting for someone to come on and be a dick. Um, but yeah, we haven't had John yet. Spencer yet. Then no. found no. your John Spencer. Um, no, um, there was the oh, there was the Dougie episode where I got very excited. Oh yeah, um, in he was um, creaming over Dougie Pointer the whole time. Oh, why? Because he's a handsome man, or he's, he's just a big McFly fan? Bit, a bit of both, to be honest. Did he manage to maintain his professionalism? I did. I got some. I got some good questions in yeah. and so yeah. and and I didn't realise the May Day Parade is one of his favourite bands right and he, he went like that quite whilst yeah. booking it yeah no which is <laughs> so he went oh should we go up and interview May Day Parade and I was like I don't really know um so I don't know and he was like oh come on we should go up and we finally got there we did the podcast with him and we left and then Later on, and I found out it's Morgan's favourite band. I was like, well, if you just said to me, they are my favourite band, I'd have gone, I'd, let's go do them then. I'd like to say they're not my favourite band, but I do enjoy them you, very, very oh, much. You did, yeah, but you were more into them than you than you. Oh, they, to yeah, because the first album is completely Banger City, so... There you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's all you had yeah. said, okay. rather than me going... Well, uh, well. It's just a complicated <laughs> ruse to meet one of his favourite <laughs> I mean, we didn't even record that episode, Sean. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I didn't press the button. Sorry. I just Can we go and do it again? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to look at them. Um, I noticed uh, from looking at your back catalogue that most of your guests have been English. And that's great okay. because if you're building a UK audience, then you're a lot more plugged in to, you know, an immediate community. What I've found, mine's been a bit more of a struggle because loads of my guests, especially early on, uh, have been and were and continue to be American. <laughs> continue to, continue be, to yeah, be. They haven't a stopped. A lot of them. And <laughs> for the style of show that I do, I quite like people that have been around the block. You know, they've been at the top of the mountain, the bottom of the gutter, everywhere in between, and they've yeah. had quite a storied life. And often it is these, you know, these American bands that are still going 20, 30 years into their yeah. career. But obviously you have kind of tapped into that whole, I guess, touring community that you used to be a part of. Yeah. And, mm. you know, bands that are still touring and active. And so you've probably found that you've got a more immediate, instant, audience yeah and they're probably sharing the episodes as well I've found that a lot like I've had some great guests you know but like Gene Simmons ain't sharing a life in the stocks chat that he's done do you know what I mean so that chat isn't actually reaching anything like as many Kiss fans as I would like whereas I imagine everybody from Charlie Simpson to you know Dougie who's like been on the show has gone yeah check this out share the link yeah Um, have we had anyone who hasn't shared a link Call them out. I don't think so. so you've got a hundred i I'm not gonna share it now, I'm gonna break the hit rate. Yeah. You got way more followers than me anyway, so <laughs> it won't have that much of an impact. Um no, but yeah, it's no, nice, isn't it? It's every, a good little yeah. gig. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we love it. Like, yeah, yeah. I've I've enjoyed it. You know, everyone's been really nice and yeah. we've had some great it's just nice to hear people's stories from bands who have toured for years to new bands who are just excited that everything's happening to them now and they're seeing themselves getting in Korea, yeah, getting on the TV channels getting on these big tours it's, yeah, it's yeah I guess great. for that was like we get to see both levels like yeah. we get to see Def Havana who've toured for years and you get Hot Milk who are fresh out of the bag who are excited to do it and then ultimately made me excited about music again and then holding like again holding absent like it's just all exciting mm. and yeah i'm really really enjoying it so far so yeah. we gotta keep it going and we <laughs> yep so uh yeah dude there's nothing like the feeling when you hit 100 episodes 
You know, I mean, I'm a sucker for any multiple of 10. Yeah. 50 was a big one. But when you get to 100, when you reach that milestone, it's a proud moment. Yeah, we're on, yeah, 24 now. Yeah, we're in the yeah, 20s, yeah. Isn't we? so... A quarter of the way there, Sam. Oh, nearly, nearly there. Um, um, one thing I wanted to mention briefly is I know you do a lot of... You go out with a lot of bands sometimes to do DJ sets and stuff like that, and you're very friendly with the Steel Panther lot, as yes. well as Zebrahead. Um, I yes. think the first time I actually met you was backstage at a slam dunk All right. with Zebrahead. All right. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did it. Because Dan, yeah, Dan... I met a lot of people <laughs> that night. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, no, I just remember because Dan got me. There was like a band only or something like artists after party, and Dan from Zebrahead snuck me in. Isn't he the best guy? He is hilarious. Yeah. He is hilarious. Dan from Zebrahead. He's got one of those like 1920s circus man mustaches nice. that come all the way out here. He like waxes them and, and bends them around. He's got a completely bald head. Like Robot, Rob- and Dr. Robotnik. Exactly like him. <laughs> yes. And yeah. he is, he's the most energetic guy. Like he's ripped, he works out, but he, he'll party all night. Like there were nights on that tour and on the full tour that I did with um, mm. them and Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake, where he'll party with me all night and then he'll be up. Like I'll sleep in bed till like you know one or two, going trying to sleep off the hangover. He'll be up at nine, going for a run in the gym, just like working out, and then on stage that night crushing it. He's a machine. Nice. But sorry, yeah. What did you want? I was just, just bumming yeah, down. Over. I was just I, no. I was just going to say stories about just trying to get stories from you from those kind of experiences <laughs> of uh, jumping on the tour like like that, especially Steel Panther and Zebrahead who everyone knows who does love the party. Well, the thing with the Zebrahead guys is um, they are, I think, actually the nicest group of people that I've ever come across in this industry. Um, When you DJ and you go on tour on your own, it can be quite a lonely solitary experience because you're surrounded by people every day but every band as you know has their own crew and little touring family and everybody's sort of in their own little bubble not because they're arseholes or they're being aloof or unfriendly but just i think to get through touring because it's such a relentless way to make a living people are missing their wives their kids home you just sort of fall into your little habits don't you and you're there in the middle of it like a dj excited to just be Mm. on the road you want to party every night you're single you're like this is going to be amazing and then you get there and all the bands just kind of keep themselves to themselves and it can be like sometimes pretty like bum out depressing even you're like oh man I'm in like bloody Germany just on my own like wishing I could just share this experience with at least a driver or a tour manager but because your fees you know they're not exactly making you loads so you want to keep costs down so you just go out on your own but Zebraheads were the first band to really put their arm around me at Slam Dunk one year they were like oh you don't have a dressing room ours is yours you can come in here help yourself to drinks food you need to use the toilet the bathroom the shower our house is your house and they were the first band in three or four years of me doing that scar and punk stage at Slam Dunk to do that and all the other bands I know and they're all perfectly nice but Zebrahead were the first band to go we got you back and so when we did the full tour uh, they let me ride with them on their bus which again you know that's their home for that time Mm. and you're encroaching on their personal space and DJs do come with a pretty negative you know yep people people just think that the guy who presses buttons in between the set is a worthless piece of shit basically you know you're way way down there in the list of people who are important or respected in any way um but i take pride in what i do and i consider myself a very good dj and i think i bring a lot to the shows and again zebrahead one of the first people to i think recognize that and be like this isn't just some drunk loose cannon yeah he's like actually a great performer he's an integral part of this show let's fucking put around like make make sure he's not 
on his own and yeah so yeah they're lovely i mean they're all pretty straight as you all know as well like bands these days because they need to make money from touring none of them are really partying like they used to because they don't want to fuck up the show they don't want to jeopardize their relationships with promoters they certainly don't want to let their fans down so the one good tour story i have is with house of pain nice oh, well. uh it was the 25th anniversary of the first album they did i think shamrocks yep. and shenanigans and uh it was going to be the three originals so it's going to be danny boy everlast and dj lethal bring it on bring it on oh yeah you've jammed out with a biscuit haven't you you know i've had a go of his decks and uh there was no other bands on the bill just me and the original plan was to put together this package bill that would celebrate every corner of the house of pain spectrum from the kind of celtic stuff to punk and hardcore to hip-hop and each group was meant to represent a different facet of their overall sound as it came time to do the tour i think the promoter either ran out of time or house of pain just wanted the entire budget and they're like no support so they just said well we'll just get matt to dj it so i was like fucking hey man all i'd done at that point was scar and punk so i thought this is going to be a nice opportunity for me to you know stretch my 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 skill set a little bit and go into different areas that i haven't been before i didn't know there was no support till day one which is also the day after download so i was fucked like on a week-long festival hangover just hit me all in one day i'm on one of those tiny little flyby planes <laughs> going to glasgow like shaking in the air all this turbulence having a full-on anxiety attack just like oh my god get me to the venue i get to the venue and they're like doors are at six house of pain are on at nine and you're basically on for two and a half hours i was like are you fucking kidding me so you're just expecting me to stand on stage and just play music to people for two and a half hours and they're like yep so that's what i did for four nights in a row right and let me tell you house of pain fans in the one corner, you've got angry Eastern European skinhead thugs who are like the DJ Lethal because he's got his own fan yeah. base. Mm. And I imagine they're both at House of Pain and Biscuit shows. And they're just like Polish dudes, Romanians, Czechs, just gnarly brick lane motherfuckers. And that's their one night to go out, drink and fight. They're in one corner. There's like the old school, very snobbish hip hop heads in another that are looking at me and they're like, well, this guy ain't fucking beat matching. He's not scratching. Who yeah. is this chum? And then you basically got the only corner of fans that you can really tap into and win over which is like that sort of new metal fan base if you will that are loosely fans of Limp Biscuit, so they like Lethal from that but they love Jump Around and they, they basically just like rock alternative anthems yeah. so you basically have to get them on side get them dancing then the sort of Polish you know Eastern European guys start getting excited and they bring it in and then the hip hop heads eventually after folding their arms and shaking their heads yeah. for the best part of two and a half hours by the end go you know what fair enough you warm the crowd up and I'll say this and I'll say it like objectively every night by the end i won them over but awesome. it was honestly the longest toughest two and a half hours of my fucking life every night and that's when i started getting really reliant on the mic and you'd have to engage with them and interact you can't just stand there for two oh, hours yeah. and you just hit play with no element not. of showmanship or interaction because they're just going to start throwing shit and fuck and it was on it was a baptism of fire but um so after i got that i was like right you put me in front of any crowd now and i'll win them over and i'm still yet to, to fail nice. so steel panther was the ultimate because it was like are you telling me i just have to go out and play like sunset strip glam metal bands to people who are dressed up (laughs) with the pure sole intention of going out to sing drink dance and party like they are the dream crowd and they were all so nice and so welcoming and the bands themselves do you know those guys um do i know them no uh but we had ben Hammond was 
the front of house guy and our front of house guy. Right. But yeah, he sings their praises all the time. Yeah, they treated me like absolute gold. They had no limits in place. Sometimes I won't name check, but sometimes bands will be like, right, bring him down, you know, because we don't want to follow too much of a good set yeah because then we can just phone in ours steel panther were like you can have it as loud as you want you can have the decks wherever you want yeah. on the stage i think a lot of they them- gave me full 45 minute sets so i did one 45 minute set then gus g played then another 45 minute oh, set nice. then them i played right up till they came on stage so i finished every night with bohemian rhapsody the movie had just come out i was dressed as wayne from wayne's world it was the perfect <laughs> storm of elements and yeah they were just like you just go to town and fucking entertain them and have fun yeah but there was no like insecurities on their I think, um, yeah, people listening to this will not realise that, like, headline bands have the power to make support bands and DJs quieter. Like, that's, I completely forgot that that (laughs) happens. Like, you could be like, oh, yeah, I don't want you as loud as us. And it's all because they either aren't confident enough. Like, I love nothing more than a band. Like, Steel Panther are so confident in their ability to crush and entertain that they're like, you do what you want out there. Yeah. It's not going to affect our show. If anything, and this is what bands are so stupid, they need to realize, if anything, it's going to make their show better because by the time they come on stage, the crowd are going to be ravenous and fucking ready to explode rather than bored, aloof, like looking at their watch, going, oh my God, is it time yet? You want the whole room singing and partying the second you come on stage and then you just take it, you know, to the fucking moon. Yeah, correct. Yes. What, what a mad thing. I don't want people to be as loud. I don't want someone to be as loud as us. We sound louder. Like, grow up, man. Mad. Like, we never did that. Like, we never did anything like that, I don't think. And put Who treated you the board. worst on the road? Do you ever get treated really bad by anyone? Um, no, I don't think so. Not that I can think of the top of my head. Um, I have mentioned before that we took Hollywood Undead on their first tour. Like, first support tour. But yeah, there's so much politics involved. Well, there's politics in all of it. There's politics in journalism. There's yes. politics in the live event side. There's just, I mean, this industry from the outside in looks like so much fun, and it is. And if you love the craft, and I've spoken to a couple of different people about it, if you get in this this world, this industry, just to meet famous people and go to cool events, then there's something inherently wrong with your yeah. personality, and you won't last because you need to love the craft. You know, if you're a musician, you need to love writing songs and performing. If you're a journalist, you need to love. Writing. If you're a presenter, you need to just love the art of this, whether it's TV, radio, podcast, whatever, because people see through those sycophantic, phony people that just want to be like in the scene. Yeah. And I feel like there's too much of that now. You know, with social media, without going on the old man rant, a lot of people now just want to go, oh, I need to go to the show to Instagram the past to say I've been. And then I'll probably leave before the end and not even really stay for the gig or hang out or bother with the band themselves whilst they're on stage. I just want to get that photo with them afterwards. It's like, no, you've got to respect like the actual, and that's why it's been so devalued. I think that's why magazine sales are dropping. You know, people aren't listening to radio stations anymore. Bands aren't selling CDs because not enough people are actually just respecting the craft. Yeah. And just going, oh wow, you've taken the time to create something for us to enjoy. But I also think with creating music now, it's kind of getting easier, I guess, with like laptops and like I was watching like a Sinister Gates has got a new guitar out, right? And it's got um, basically you play a note and it will just hold it forever, right? And it's got this one on it that it can turn into harmonic. So every note you hit sounds like a pinched harmonic, which are very, very difficult to do if you're a guitar player. Like, it takes years. You don't need to learn them anymore. Like, you've just got this guitar that does it now. So I think with... As we're going on, I think music's getting easier to create, but also then 
kids are seeing like are not caring enough about like rock music because they're like oh well i could do that on garage band and this new guitar i've got so yeah i think that's kind of where it's dropping off but again as i said earlier there's some exciting new bands and uh, yeah i think i think rock will be making a comeback mm. very soon hopefully i don't care if it ever doesn't because for me exciting music should be underground it should be truly yeah. alternative and there'll always be incredible bands writing kick-ass guitar music fucking who cares if it's not in the charts yeah for me i know a lot of people oh we need future headliners and all this but do we really because i would sooner go to a small club show than some big corporate festival anyway do you know what i mean yeah. it's like and i'm not dissing because I, w- I work with a lot of these festivals and they're friends of mine who work for them but for me the future of music and the life source of music is always the kids in the bedroom and the bands in the basement yeah. like that's where it will always thrive and survive and yeah. so just go to more shows of that level and support yeah. support new music really if you see a new band or a support band buy a t-shirt like buy an album because that 10 quid could be the difference between yeah. them getting to the next show or not could Completely. it and so many bands quit because they can't afford to do it and that's the sole reason it's not because they're not enjoying it or because they're not great it's fuck we can't actually make this work and now so and so's got a kid i've got you know business going on on the side that i need to keep payments up with and yeah. financial uh, insecurity is obviously part and parcel of the trade isn't it but if you can if you can take the time to just reward someone for their work with a fiver for a cd or a tenner for a t-shirt or whatever or go over to patreon.com forward slash life in the <laughs> well, this is what i was gonna this is what i was gonna say no everybody everybody listen to this definitely check out life in the stocks please do just listen to the yeah. podcast yeah that would be a good start yeah, yeah. check out patreon.com forward slash life in the stocks as well um where else can people find you and get at you man they can find me at flat one number 100 <laughs> my brand new house here in walthamstow in london um uh they can find me on facebook twitter and instagram yeah. at matt stocks dj um i'm also there's a couple more tours that i'm sort of working on at the moment i'd like to try and do one every few months if i can yeah because um, that steel panther one was just the most fun i've ever yeah. had it was the dream you oh, know, i'm definitely being on the road is the best yeah well i'm definitely looking myself get back into dj now i did one in cardiff a couple of weeks ago and it was fucking brilliant and i absolutely loved it oh yeah so. also uh, every friday and saturday you can find me in london at the world end in camden if i'm not on tour that's where i'll be so come by and buy me a tequila thank you very much for um inviting us to a fantastic new house yeah it's been and it's ha- been a pleasure to be your first guests in the new house Exactly. Oh, well, yeah, nice. not just yeah. podcast guests, but actual real life yeah. people nice. in, in the place. Going to christen the toilet now. The cleaner <laughs> was very quiet, wasn't she? As well, I don't she, want people thinking I'm some kind of like middle class. I I don't pay the cleaner; it's the landlady. She pays every two weeks for a cleaner to come, and so uh, she was here in the background working. I wanted to just clear that up. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that can't do his own cleaning, <laughs> but if the landlady's Our friend, gonna, <laughs> get out of here, Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, I've got a podcast going on at the moment. Could you get away? But uh, yeah, so if you know if it's on offer, then enjoy the, yeah. the oh, cleanliness. Definitely, yeah. But well, dudes, um, keep on it, and I love what you do. I've heard a couple of episodes. Thank I think you. they're really Thank great. You. Fun. Snap, snap the other way around as well. Y- you um, know, there's not enough Welsh voices on the podcast airwaves. Well, it this can is what we quite a two-dimensional thing, can't it? The minute something becomes popular, every podcast show is like a. 
early 30s white comedian and that's yeah. almost every podcast host yeah. is that so it's great to hear you know a bit of um, not that Welsh people are an ethnic minority <laughs> yeah. but it is great to, it's great we to are. hear you know, we're up for that we're up for being ethnic minority it's great to hear variety on yeah. the airwaves as awesome. with anything in life sweet thank you very much yeah, man. Awesome. Um, yeah thank you hey. 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 he beat us two with a bastard hey. I've yes. studied I've studied yes. I know yes cheers thank you very much man thank you Lovely stuff. Not my words, the words of Top Gear magazine. <laughs> I didn't know Matt Stocks was featured in Top Gear magazine. Yeah, he was, yeah. He kept that quiet, didn't know, he? Yeah. Mad. Um, but, but yeah, yeah well, great chat. Absolutely yes, great absolutely chat. Lovely to go down to his new house in the London and get him to open up all about mad things. Everything, like. Yeah. Everything. What a lovely, lovely guy. I've known him for years. Um, he's one of those press people that you kind of meet and you bond with and you have um camaraderie with for life mm. and um yeah he's always been great to me from the early days of seeing him about and stuff so yeah thank you very much again to matt stocks great stories check out his podcast yes life and um, life in the stocks life in the stocks. season two is out now yes and um he's had some fantastic guests um and yeah and they cover all topics as well yeah but I thought in that chat, we all three of us opened up about a lot of things that we haven't really talked about before. So, yeah, yeah it was really interesting to see. And, um, yeah, while you're checking things out as well, uh, Matt, as Matt mentioned, he's got that Attack of the Podcasts 2 uh, event in London on the 20th of July. So go and check that out as well. Um, yeah, he mentioned about maybe you and me jumping on a few yes. live shows with him in the future. So. Yeah, that would be good. If, if people are interested in that, please get at us on our socials at Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. We should really make a Facebook page, I think. Maybe, but I would be well up for doing some live events. Would you? Yeah, I would, to be fair. Good. So, for you, you've been on stage before, haven't you, Sean, and all that. You know, I haven't done, I haven't done any Whoa, of Whoa, Tarkin, you haven't said word one do yet. Whoa. Whoa. But yeah, maybe I'd like to do some as well. All right, cool, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. afraid so. if people are interested. If people will come, I don't want to just... We're just you and me. I don't, yeah, <laughs> we can do this, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to go to a big hall to be True. sat there and look sad and have lost money. So if people are interested in coming to see us live, for some reason, doing this with a guest, um, yeah, get at us on our socials, as I've just said. Cool. Um, also, Matt Stocks is taking part in the Fireball Tour Woo. Uh, through September with Less Than Jake and the Mighty Goldfinger. Wow. Yeah. That'll be a good one. That'll be very, very yeah. good. And if you're interested in that, then listen all back to the Slam Dunk special of Satin Podcast with Less Than Jake. Not only talk about that, but a host of other things as well. Yes. Nice plug. Yes. Well remembered. Well remembered. Yeah. Professional. That's why I'm here for. Why I'm here. That's you could have ended there. That's why I'm here. Mm. Four. Is that a Welsh thing? I feel like that's a really probably. Welsh thing. That probably is a really Welsh it, thing. Anyway. By you now, yeah. Yeah. Carry on. I'll be yeah, so, now yeah. in a minute. So, uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed any of this bollocks that we've spouted or uh, any of the previous episodes or check, or, or you, this is your first episode, check in us out. Thank you very much. Yeah. We genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. We do. Please go back and check out some of the other episodes. Um, there's 32 others. Yeah, make sure you're subscribing on any platform you listen to as well, whether it be Spotify. Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, or all other platforms. And yeah, let us know you've been listening and tag us in your Instagram stories and stuff like that. And then while you're checking things out, 
head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin nice and uh, yeah get involved with our little community over there and all the different tiers and while we're talking about it we might as well use this time to thank the elite members yes. of our the Patreon elite. community uh, those are the higher tiers and those are as follows I like you've set me up just to read names thank you yeah thank you very much to the awesome Dana Lasnova John Price Emma Barber Liam Connolly Kylie Wheeler Scarla Charlton Janelle Caston Paul Hirschfield Sam Ledgerwood Mitch Perry Becca Vaughan Kirsty Dean Emily Senegals Lucy Deards Martina McManus Hugh Stockwell Mark Platten John and Emma Marcy Jacobson Kieran Lewis Sharif Awadali Jordan Burchard Mike Cunningham Lydia Henderson Livy Cropper, Scott Jones, Becky Mayoko, Luke Price, Tony Michael, Jamie Bloor, Jenny Robinson, Kelly Cannon, and last but not least, she's got the same initials as me, Samantha Spray. Oh yeah, she does. that's a lot of names thank you very much guys it genuinely genuinely makes this podcast happen it does and we appreciate you more than I like ice cream and if you've listened to Jesus Christ that's a lot yes I thought you were going to say that's a lie (laughs) no it's a lot oh okay Uh, yeah I I like them cool well thank you very much to those people um and, and thanks for listening. This has been episode 33 of Satin Podcast. Yes, ex- episode 34 should be out next Friday. It should will be, be out. Our and 2003 special. Yes, and it's going to be full of some of your favourite bands. So make sure you check that out. And until then, as Sean says, never die. What, why do you say that? As Morgan says, as Sean says, never die. As All right, Morgan says, as Sean says. Tell everyone, Satin. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.